When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. TDN Fantasy. The TDN Fantasy Podcast. Podcast With your host Paige DeMakos, Jamie Eisner, and Jake Arians. Welcome into the TDN Fantasy Podcast. Paige DeMakos, Jake Arians, and Jamie Eisner. And we have a couple of headlines to get into, a couple of trade rumors. Uh, We have a potential father that's leaking information we got theories on that which is always fun when you got angry parents that are uh you know pulling a lavar ball and causing chaos in the nfl which is always fun uh and we have plenty of games to get into the full week five and i do want to talk about thursday night football as well because the seahawks pull a seahawk and they get lucky and greg zerloin misses a field goal and my mouth dropped last night so let's kick things off with the headlines here jamie there is a there's a theory in nfl twitter land right now right that 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 dwayne haskins father is releasing information to the media um what is that information and what do we need to know well if you remember from a couple weeks ago that first piece of information was that he wasn't taking first team reps in practice which by the way he wouldn't be because he's not the first team quarterback or in the regular season. <laughs> yeah. So the second and third string quarterbacks don't aren't taking the majority or really much or at all first team reps when you're preparing for a game when your quarterback is healthy. Uh, so that's one, uh, and, that, and that's when this theory started to come out of like, oh, we have there's there were some there were a few reporters that said kind of like wink wink nudge nudge we we know who this is. Today it came out that there's a report that Gruden was against, or Jay Gruden was against drafting Dwayne Haskins, and that Dwayne Haskins knows now that Jay Gruden was against it, which is why he's not getting along with the coach. Which also seems like it could have been leaked from the Haskins camp. Uh, we don't know that yet, but the reality is this: this split between Jay Gruden and the Redskins is inevitable. Uh, I do believe that I can that Gruden maybe was against drafting Haskins, but if the Redskins knew that. He was on tenuous ground, and this is the final year for Jay Gruden or potentially the final year for him. They weren't going to let him select the quarterback anyway. So much to do about nothing. There's a lot of drama in Washington. Jay Gruden won't be there next year. It's not his fault. But Haskins will get his chance at some point. We'll see if Gruden makes it through the season. Dude, Haskins is going to get his shot this week, and it's going to be ugly. And he was historically bad last week when he got in. His body language is worse than he played. This is not high school. Tell your dad to shut up. It doesn't matter anymore. This isn't in college and the one year that you were a starting quarterback. Nobody gives a damn. Nobody wanted him. A lot of people had him as a third-round grade anyway. So so what? Jay Gruden didn't want to draft him. Everybody else had already passed on him anyway. This, this isn't much to do about nothing, but it's it's absolutely absurd. We're talking about somebody's freaking dad leaking information because the coach didn't want to play him and whatever else. It's a dumpster fire. It's going to be a dumpster fire. Daniel Snyder makes it a dumpster fire. And I, you guys know I'm a big fan of Jay Gruden. Let him go. Let him go somewhere else and not deal with yeah. this BS. How, how does this end, Jake? Because I, 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 
Yeah, I joke to you guys heading into the podcast. I'm going to start a hashtag, hashtag free Jay, right? Because I we're this has now become a uh, a Jay Gruden fan club podcast because we all we all think he's a great coach. We know he doesn't get credit for two of the guys who are offensive geniuses in the NFL who get tons and tons of credit. Uh, and on top of that, he's in a absolutely horrible situation, right? And and this is not helping that at all. So Jake, how does this end? Where does Jay end up? And and does this happen during the season? It's heading towards happening during the season, yeah. I'm not sure if it will or not. Um, I think Jay will be fine. He'll either be offense coordinator somewhere. I think he'll be Sean McVay's assistant head coach, something like that, when, the, when this ends. Um, then it's going to end. It might end by Thanksgiving, the way that this is going. Uh, Jay is a very strong personality. He's not going to mince words and bite his tongue when it comes to how he really feels um, with management and whatever else, if they're making him play Haskins when Case Keenum's healthy. I don't know what their salary cap situation is. I I can't wait to study that because it was hell for a long time. Um, But it's not going to end well for the Redskins. And I think it's going to be the best thing that's happened to Jay Gruden in a long time. Yeah, he's going to get out of there more than likely. I do think that it starts to. Ha- I, I do think there's a really good chance it happens um, around that Thanksgiving kind of timeline, like you said. Especially if they continue to lose, and if they put Dwayne Haskins out there, they have a worse chance of winning, right? I, I don't. For, he is for not. Sure. He is not. I, I know that Case Keenum has not been great, but Case Keenum gives you a better opportunity to win football games right now. Dwayne Haskins looked horrible. His body language, as Jake said, looked horrendous. Uh, and he, at this point, if there's friction between he and Jay Gruden, I can't imagine this is going to get better. Right, Jamie? No. I, I just, I can't imagine this is going to get better. He is right now. Hey, I just, here's, here's one, here's one, sorry. Here's one other thing too. I mean, don't think his, his teammates who have been around that are professionals, they make their living with this. They feed their families with this. There's offensive linemen that are veterans. Don't see this body language that they don't hear these rumors of his daddy leaking stuff. They played for Jay Gruden. A lot of them respect the hell out of Jay Gruden. A lot of them respect the hell out of the process of becoming a professional and being a pro and this being your living. Don't think this is going to sit well in this locker room with his body language and his pouty face and this is high school or college and my daddy's going to help me get my job. Oh, he's, he's leaking information. Like This is not going to sit well in the locker room. A lot of these are Jay's guys. And a lot of them know how hard it is to win the NFL and they know that Jay's overachieved for the last five years. And there's, there's, that's the other aspect of this is like how, how is this sitting with a bunch of guys that are pros when you got a, a mid-first mid round pick who doesn't look very good yet sitting in the locker room? Yeah, I mean, it's 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 got to be a factor. And I, I, I just looked this up. The odds on first NFL head coach fired updated that this week. I think Gruden's the odds on favorite at minus 125. I think that I don't think there's another obvious candidate there. Uh, but just a couple other names they have on this list just for, for fodder. Uh, Dan Quinn and Bill O'Brien at plus 500 each are the next two closest. And then Doug Marone and Pat Shermer at plus 800 round out the top five uh, on, uh, what is this, Bet Online. Interesting. Interesting. All right. The next – Pat Shermer ain't getting fired. You can take him off that list. Yeah. Yeah, he not, yeah not he's not getting fired. Let's have Matt Patricia on this list who's not – at this point is not getting fired. Yeah, he's also yeah, – right, right now, Matt Patricia's up for coach of the year. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's exactly right. Uh, okay, Stephon Diggs. There was an emoji, okay, at the end of at the beginning of this week. Then there was a press conference. Now there's trade talk. Uh, he doesn't help himself in that trade conversation by saying that there's truth to the rumors. He's spoken with everyone, um, but loves Minneapolis. Lo- loves being there, right? So he kind of contradicts himself in the same press conference where he tells he says there are truth to the rumors, 
but he wants to be here, right? So where where wants to be in the city, just not in yeah, the team. Yeah, I think it's it's an interesting thing that's happening in the in the NFL, right? This this emoji slash this screams NBA. Yes, right. This is the yeah. This is the NBA leaking itself into the NFL, which for me, from an entertainment perspective. For NFL fans, it only enhances it, right? It only gives us more to talk about. And to be fair to Stephon Diggs, if I was playing on that team right now, I would probably be very frustrated as well. My question to you guys is, Jake, you first. Do you think Stephon Diggs is a Minnesota Viking in two weeks or by the end of the season, or do you think he does get traded? I think they want him to be. Um it's it's interesting. I mean, you get, San Francisco is kind of the outlier for all of these trades because so they still have so much cap room somehow, and they still have a bunch of draft capital to move people, and they need a guy like this. I mean, that's that's a one landing spot. I could see somebody giving up something that Zimmer goes, all right, I'm done with the headache. Let's get something back. But at the same time, there's rumblings of Zimmer being on the hot seat, mm-hmm. and you don't want to lose a good player. If they trade him and Thielen gets hurt, now what do you do? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I don't think they want to, but I think if he wants to be one of these guys, sooner or later you're going to start seeing NFL teams fight back with this too. This this is not going to be the NBA in the NFL. I can promise you that's not going to – it's going to continue a little bit here and there. But the the Jaguars, the owner came out and said, the best place for him is here. He ain't going nowhere. Yeah, it's different. These guys aren't just going to walk their way out of all these situations. No, it's it's different because this is you're talking about 53 man rosters, right? This is a completely different scenario where you're and you're in the NBA, right? And you're one of five that start and have an impact in the game. You're the guy who can go in and say, "Yeah, I want out of here," right? You're Anthony Davis, you're LeBron James. You have a lot more leverage. It's really hard in the NBA. There's one of those guys on every team. In the NFL, that's not really true. Um, it is it is going to be different. Um, Stephon Diggs is a star receiver in this league, but I think this is interesting because I don't know. I, I like that you brought up San Francisco because I think that makes a lot of sense to give them if they fancy themselves an actual contender. I think they need a they need to upgrade that wide receiver position, right, Jamie? They need to upgrade. A, they need to upgrade a few spots, and I think I, I love that suggestion because whether it's Stephon Diggs, whether it's somebody else. They needed to make some of these moves because I think this is a team that, look, we'll get into it later. You watched the Rams last night. That team still has plenty of warts and a lot of it on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, you know, you, you're looking at your scenario where you're going to be in a dogfight to win that division, but it's a winnable division. And we've already talked about how I don't think there is an elite team in the NFL right now. So if the Niners, let's say they win again, they're 4-0, they're feeling good about themselves, they believe in their offensive scheme, they believe in that front seven. They, they need some help at wide receiver. I mean, they can't just have George Kittle out there because Kittle's only been okay. Like, you can't have this combination of Marquise Goodwin and I think what they end up putting like Jalen Hurd on IR or whatever it was, or, yeah. or and Debo Samuel and just they're a bunch not of good these enough. Guys. Yeah, they're the not good born, enough. Like, you yeah, not to mention John Lynch does not mind freaking throwing it out there and making a no. trade and making a splash. Like, he's got the cojones to do it, which I love. And yeah. you, throw, you throw him in on that offense and that team. That's significant. The thing is, what does Minnesota want back? They, I'm sure they wouldn't mind moving on from the salary. Does, I mean, do they get a two? I can't imagine you get a two for, for Stephon Diggs. I don't know. What I mean, do you you got to ask, but I, don't, I, don't, I have to see what the draft pick situation is. I, I'd imagine, but are you going to move him for less than that? You know, that's a, like the Vikings don't have to move Stephon Diggs, which no. I think is the biggest. Which is no, because you have – here's the other aspect. You got these old school coaches 
BA, Zim, they're going to call a guy in their office and be like, shut up. I'll bench your ass before I trade your ass, and then we'll see what your value is. And you got some of these younger guys, and that's where it all comes back to head coaches and general managers being on the same page, same direction of ownership. This is what we're going to do. That's why it doesn't fly in New England, because that's one dude. And Kraft will let Belichick do whatever he wants. So you want to be a rumbling, I want traded, I want out of here. I'll just make your ass inactive. Then we'll see what your value is. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be interesting to pay attention to here because I think depending on what they could get back, Minnesota could could get better, right? Depending on what they get, I love I love Diggs. I think he's a great I think he's a great player. I think we all agree on that. But they don't they don't throw the ball enough right now. To to they're not throwing the ball at all. And I don't know if that's ever going to be what this offense looks like with Kirk Cousins, right? I mean, I think that's that's a valuable question right now. And, and look, another team to keep, to keep an eye on. I, I feels like we bring up the same two teams all the time, but they have the cap space and they have the need. I know he's back at practice this week, but I, I think Indianapolis could still yeah. use another weapon on I knew the you outside. Were going there. Like yep. I just I, I think that's a fit there. You you saved up again. You saved up a lot of this cap money. You didn't overspend on mediocre players in the offseason. You said, you know what, we're we're just not, if there's nobody that fits our system, we're just not going to spend the money. And that's a player that I think could be very helpful for, for them. And again, a very winnable division. And I, again, I don't think this, the Colts are winning the Super Bowl this year. But if you win your division and you get a piece to help that, stranger things have happened. Yeah. You get, Worst teams have won the Super Bowl. Like it, it happens. Not only that, but you all of a sudden you're looking across and you got Stephon Diggs and a healthy Ty Hilton lining up. All of a sudden that that offense in Indianapolis looks really interesting, right? And I think those are the two teams we know have one. They have good draft capital, right? They're they're willing to make moves. They're going to wait. They're going to do what they think is right. And now there's. I think, Jake, there's a point to this where you stop having a little bit – like Minnesota might get their, themselves into a point where they don't have as much leverage and they're maybe forced into something. Or they might say, like you said, Mike Zimmer, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if he does exactly what Jake says. Pulls digs into his office and tells him to shut the hell up, right? I don't want to hear any more of this. Zimmer's a very old school coach. If you if you listen to his press conference, you could tell how agitated he was with the questions about Stefan Diggs, and he just kept saying, like Bill Belichick does on routine every week, no comment, no comment, no comment, no comment. So something to monitor as we continue uh, with this division. Yep, Jamie. So just want to go over, like, just quickly, so we could talk about this. Whenever it would be involved trades, here are the teams that were the, the, the five most uh, remaining cap space at okay. the moment. Number one's the Colts at almost $44 million. Wow. The Browns at $32 million, number two. The Dolphins, who aren't trying and not trading for anybody, at twenty eight. Uh, the Raiders, who aren't good enough to make these moves at twenty-five, I don't think they. I don't think they're going to trade for a wide receiver for a couple seconds. I think they need to recover from the last wide receiver yeah. they traded for. Yeah, and then the Cowboys, who they're going to have to use that twenty-four million to figure out what they're doing. Oh, by the way, those Dak and Amari Cooper extensions that were done deals six weeks ago, all of a sudden aren't done deals mm-hmm. anymore. But they're going to need that money internally at some point. So, you know, you start to wonder about. And then Bills, <clears throat> Titans, Chiefs, Texans, Eagles. I mean, the Colts got to. They got that money to spend there. They Hmm. they can make a move if they need to. Okay, guys, let's uh, let's recap Thursday night football. Uh, I. I, I love that I get to come in and tell you I was right because the Seahawks took care of business at home. Uh, and th- if there's anything that the three of us know, okay, and Jake, you know this painfully well, Seattle has this like they even though Bruce was the only one who could go into Seattle, I will never forget Carson Palmer pumping his fist on the sideline, go up to Seattle and win football games. They just have this weird thing. Weird stuff happens in Seattle. 
and they have it, they go, get them away from there, and it's a totally different ball game. But there, everything seems to go their way for the most part. And last night, the Rams have an opportunity with a very makeable field goal, and Greg Zerloin misses a field goal. And I thought to myself. I cannot believe what I just saw, right? I, I was I was stunned that Greg Zerloin missed the kick. Jake, what was your reaction? Because we all, Greg the leg is, that's our guy, right? Yeah. Like, that's our guy. And I could not believe what I saw last night. Yeah, I couldn't either. I, could, I mean, they, they took the delay of game, didn't get to play in fast enough. Goff doesn't get the snap off. They get nine yards back after a five-yard penalty. All said and done, it's 44 yards. There's no real win last night to speak of. Got to make the kick. I mean, I think it was at the top of the uprights from 44. He just pushed it a little bit. That happens, whatever. You know, Seattle's not the same. They're 8-7 and seven at home in their last 15, and they lost the last two to the Rams up there. The Rams were better for most of the game. They kicked field goals early, finally got a couple touchdowns. They have serious problems on the offensive line. Their defense is getting gashed. Russell Wilson was amazing. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Seattle pulls to Seattle and lucks that one out, and they miss a field goal. But the Rams played better. They're a better team, and they've missed a kick at the end of the game. They better get better team, right? I would agree. Jared Goff was he looked unbelievable in some moments of that game. Yeah, he had a weird game where it's like he his final numbers look great, and there were times where he made spectacular throws, but there were times where he he got less than what he should have. He's he's having a weird season. He is having a very bizarre season. I've, I've got him pegged after watching him live and then watching again last night and going back to the Kansas City game last year on Monday night and afterwards. The whole season last year, the first twelve weeks, he had all day long to throw. And that offensive line had played together for two straight years without anybody missing games or anything else. Now, two of those guys are gone. You don't have to get there. All you got to do is get pressure, and he's not the same dude. If he has time to throw, he will absolutely light you up. If you get a little bit there, and you got to make him move, or he gets a little fidgety, it's not anywhere near the same guy. The ball comes out different, uncatchable passes, all that kind of stuff. You got to pressure him. And then you got to live and die with what that is with all those crossing routes and the run after the catch with those receivers. But they were getting there with four or five guys. When's the last time you saw Seattle blitz that much? Yeah. yeah they knew they had to get there. It's fair. Listen, this started last year, back-to-back games. When the After those games, they went to Chicago on Sunday night football. They couldn't do anything because the Bears blitzed them all night, and Khalil Mack and Nakeem Hicks were in his face, and he looked horrendous. And then the following week, I can't for, I forget who it was, but it was the same thing last year where that was the beginning of – Cooper Cup got injured, right, if you guys remember. And then that offense never really looked the same after that, even into the postseason. I know they went to the Super Bowl, but that offense never looked like it did in that first 12 weeks like Jake's talking about. But I do want to talk about Russell Wilson, Jamie, because he is having statistically his best start to a season in his eighth year now, right? He is he is having an – he has yet to throw a pick in a game, he's at 12 touchdowns, zero interceptions, 73 completion percentage. He's having an unbelievable year, Jamie, from a fantasy perspective and from a real-life perspective. Yeah, t- 12 touchdowns, no interceptions. I mean, he's really having a strong year. I mean, that's what we made in the end zone to Tyler Lockett. It was just, ridiculous. I, I, you count on one hand how many guys can make that throw, period, if there was nobody in their face, just doing it on, just doing it in, in shorts. Uh, he's really had a remarkable year. And you know, he was a guy that, from a fantasy perspective, a lot of people were off the bandwagon, if you remember going into the offseason. They, they weren't going to throw the ball more. They were, you know, Wilson didn't look as great last year. He was inconsistent. And he was one of the guys that we said, he's still legitimately a top eight fantasy quarterback, and he needs to be drafted as such. And he has been unbelievable. I played against him this week, so I'm not thrilled about that to already be like down 30 points uh, going into the weekend. But 
He's really, really been good. They're throwing a lot more uh, with Daryl Bevel not there anymore. He's in Detroit now. And another player that just has been really helpful for them, really since the end of last season, was the hard running of Chris Carson. Yes. Having been able to have that legitimate balance in the lineup, which is not just balance in terms of how many running plays versus how many passing plays, but actually having how many effective plays are you having on the ground versus effective passing plays. And, you know, he's been able to do it. And Will Disley being healthy again has really opened up a lot of options for him. He's got some pieces there. Metcalf didn't have to do much on that big touchdown run, but he did enough to get open and get separation and get in the end zone. So there are enough pieces there now, and Russell Wilson is using him to the best of his ability. Yeah, he's he's doing it by running for his life. Yeah, yeah that little son of a gun gets out of more. The Rams had him for eight sacks last night. I don't think they got any. No, he uh, he, he was all over the place. No. He runs it. He's throwing seventy percent completion percentage. Nobody throws a better deep ball in the league. Uh, and yeah, I think the biggest thing is having Metcalf being a solid pro that he can go deep too. But he's 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 looking like a pretty well rounded guy. Lockett's turned into a well rounded receiver. Jamie hit the nail on the head. Disley being healthy and having a run game they can play action off of. It, it gives him all the time he needs. He's just been extremely accurate. You go back, you look to, to this guy's Brian Schottenheimer's second year. Anytime you change a, a quarterback's offensive coordinator, that first year can be okay. But that second year, when it's really built for you and you guys have an offseason to spend together, a lot of times you see big strides when, when that happens. And this is the second year with Brian Schottenheimer and they look like they really got things going up there. This is my reminder to all of you early, early for next season to wait on a quarterback because I got Russell Wilson in the 10th round. And that should be a reminder that you should not draft the Baker Mayfields of the world in the first five rounds, because go look at the statistics. It's not looking so good. If that's what you did. It's it. This is, this happens every year. There are always guys, always quarterbacks that you can wait on, right? Jameis Winston that we talked about, <clears throat> Russell Wilson that we talked about. Some of these guys you could uh, wait Lamar on. Jackson. Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson was going. Yeah. Crit. Listen, him and Chris Carson, good for the brand, good for the TDN fantasy brand. As is the Cooper Cup. Uh, As is Cooper. Yeah, Jamie, shout out to Jamie <laughs> who put him in his top 10 this week. And, uh, oh, by the way, Jared Goff goes to Cooper Cup all the time. He is always looking for Cooper Cup, always. If you watch that game, he wants to go to him all the time. Uh, it's it's unbelievable the chemistry that the two of them have together and him being healthy that was the only concern right guys I mean we weren't yeah. weren't concerned that Cooper Cup wasn't going to come into the offense and be the same guy it was just he's coming off a major injury happened late in the season last year and so far he's looked pretty damn good Jamie really has and, and look he's been sensational he's been sensational as offense for two years now I mean he he is the cog that makes it go a wide receiver. I know they had that huge game in Kansas City on Monday Night Football last year, but they were not the same team when Cooper Cup was not on the field for them last year. It was a major difference for them. Uh, and again, huge game for Gerald Everett here too. Yeah. I, I'm not rushing to pick him up because he, he is going to be so hit or miss, but he's a really talented player. They just have so many wide receivers that they like that it's tough to get him on the field very often. He may be interesting next week if, if Cook can't play. Yes. Yeah, very. They moved him into a receiver role last night when Cooks went out, and it wasn't as much Reynolds as it was last year. It was more like splitting Everett out and making him basically a receiver. Yes, I agree with that. If Cooks doesn't play, if one of those guys are ever out, they seem to just have they trust Everett a lot more this year than they just trust Josh Reynolds. Uh, also, yeah. that that play by Everett where he does two spin moves like he's playing on a basketball that was a touchdown. Field, that was a touchdown. Yeah, right? he, he yeah. reaches. He reaches. Gets in there. That was a touchdown. That was talk about extra effort. There were three times during that last 
you know, five seconds where he should have been tackled, spin move, spin move, just does a reach. I mean, the extra effort was unbelievable last night. I'm just happy we've had two back-to-back weeks of really, really good Thursday night football, right? Just leave the NFC in, in, in Thursday night football and don't put any of the AFC teams. I think that's what we've learned over the last few weeks. All right, guys, let's get into these matchups. The Arizona Cardinals are going on the road to play the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, we'll start off with the Yawn Fest, right? Uh, this, these two teams, two bad football teams, two winless football teams. The Cincinnati Bengals are a three-point favorite at home, the standard three points. Uh, Jake, what do you see happening in this one? Hell, I don't know. <laughs> I'm uh, with you. I mean, no Christian Kirk. Andy Isabella playing outside. Eh. Uh, no John Ross. The Bengals have nothing in their offensive lines. But here's what I think it comes down to. I think Chandler Jones and the Cardinals, they're still rushing the passer pretty well. Their defense hasn't been great, and they're not covering any tight ends. And they're going young in the, in this, in the back end of their secondary, but they're still getting after the quarterback. And if you watched anything on Monday night, you saw that the Bengals' offensive line has really, really struggled. Uh, all that being said, I guess I'll go Cardinals 27-24. I, I still think Cincinnati's offense puts up some numbers and hangs in there. Yeah, I'm going to take Cardinals plus three as well. I don't, again, I don't feel great about anything in this game. I just know these both these teams suck. Um, the Bengals are going to probably start something called an Alex Erickson at wide receiver, so that's that's adorable. Uh, so the Alex Erickson versus Andy Isabella show. This is really, Yikes. I mean, prime time NFL football talent here. Uh, look, I mean, you're starting Joe Mixon. You're starting David Johnson. I think both of them have pretty good games. Uh, good David matchups Johnson, for yeah. both of them. Uh, you started Tyler Boyd. Everybody else is like, I, I think if you're desperate in a two flex league, Auden Tate might be an interesting play on the outside. I have him as a wide receiver 36. If you're getting desperate at tight end, I have Tyler Eifert at tight end 15. He's playing the Cardinals. So. I was going to say, you got to look, look hard at Eifert here. Yeah, I mean, Fitzgerald's the only pass catcher you want in Arizona. You knew that already. Kyler is, I mean, Kyler's QB 12, Andy Dalton QB 14. I mean, there's a chance that you might need one of those guys this week, but this is really not a fantasy-relevant game. Okay, so here's the question for you guys, because I saw this in a start-and-sit scenario on Fantasy Pros. Kyler Murray or Kirk Cousins this week? Kyler. Kyler Murray. That's what I thought. Okay. I'm not buying that this Kirk Cousins is just going to have this huge bounce-back game and Diggs is going to get – Diggs and Thielen are going to get all these targets. And no. I think that's more narrative than anything. Yeah, I think they're wanting to – No, because it's still the Dalvin Cook show, and he's going to have a monster week. Yeah, he's going to have a big game. Yeah, he Play is. Dalvin Cook. That's yeah. my expert <laughs> advice for you this week. <laughs> Make sure you have Dalvin Cook in your lineup. Uh, you also play Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, just in case you're you know, going. Top advice right here. Yeah, very, 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 very groundbreaking <laughs> advice going on on the podcast on a Friday. Uh, I also agree with you guys. I think the Arizona Cardinals uh, plus three there. I don't know if they win, but I like taking the points there for the Cardinals in an even matchup for me. All right, the Atlanta Falcons going on the road to play the Houston Texans. The Texans are four and a half point favorites at home. Listen, this Texans team has kind of been all over the map, right? They go on the road and beat the Chargers and then come back home and really just lay an egg, could not get anything going. What do you see happening in this one, Jake? Yeah, I think it's going to be close. You know, I went back and forth on this. The Texans' defense has played better than we thought they were going to. Their secondary has been better. Uh, and the Falcons cannot figure out what they want to do on offense at all. It's, it's, they're struggling big time. Like, they have some massive issues, and I can't really figure out why. I'm going to go with the Texans at home, 27-23. I think their offense bounces back, gets it done. The the Falcons' defense isn't scaring anybody. Um, Yeah, I think Watson's such a pro. I mean, if you watched last week when they lost, he was still at the field like an hour and a half later, just walking around on the field, like letting it soak in. Uh, I love that. So I'm going to go with with Watson in this one. I think Matt Ryan and the Falcons' offense has a bigger week than they've had. 
fantasy relevance wise, but uh, I don't think they have enough to get it done. Yeah, I'd love for them to remember that they have Calvin Ridley and Julio Jones and Mohamed Sanu and like a, basically one of the best wide receiver trios in the NFL, but it seems as if they do not. Jamie, do you think this is a week where this offense not I don't want to say overperforms, but at least performs slightly up to the expectations? Yes, but they're still frauds and they're still going to lose this game in Houston. Uh, Look, I think this is going to be a big fantasy day for both your top wide receivers. Again, you don't need actionable advice. You're starting Julio Jones. You're starting DeAndre Hopkins. I know there's been some frustration there with fantasy owners. They're my number one and number two receivers this week. Yeah, The Falcons can't stop anybody. They they literally cannot stop anybody. So this should be that big week. Not that you were thinking about not starting him, but Sean Watson's my QB two. Like, I really am high on them this week. Uh from the Falcons' standpoint, like, it is what it is. Like, Devontae Freeman's a low-end RB2, high-end flex at this point. I mean, he's catching enough passes now to be relevant, but it's not great. It's not with the player you drafted. You're starting Julio Jones. Look, Ridley and Sanu, they're my, my wide receiver 30 and 32. They're both flex plays. I, I get why the frustration with Ridley. It's been two straight weeks where he just hasn't been targeted much, but this should be a solid matchup for him. Austin Hooper is an every-week plug-and-play at this point. I'm not really wanting to start either of the Houston backs at this point. I just – I don't know from a week to week. They're both flexes to me, Hyde and Duke Johnson. Uh, you know, take – Will Fuller is a low-end flex. Like, there should be some offense in this game. And this is actually my lock of the week in the over on 49. Like, okay. this, this is my lock of the week. I think there's going to be – A lot of points The here. Texans of defense has played better, but they still haven't played well. The Falcons are really good at just putting up garbage yards at the end of games because they get behind by three touchdowns because they decide not to play in the first half anymore for some reason. Um <laughs> And so I actually think this could be a high-scoring game, but I'm going to take the Texans here, minus four and a half. I just – until the Falcons can prove they can win a big game, especially on the road right now, I have no faith in this team. Yeah, they're just not a good football team, right? They haven't been a good football team, and we kind of bought into the fact that last year was kind of the off year and that they were going to come back because they have pieces that you like. But one of the top names that we discussed uh, in, in the, that right now in Vegas is looking at potentially getting fired is Dan Quinn. And I think the, the question marks are there for a reason. You've had a lot of talent. Um, obviously, offensively, you paid Julio Jones. You paid Matt Ryan. You got a lot of these guys at a certain point. You went to the Super Bowl, and then it's been nothing since then. And it's been pretty rough for the Atlanta Falcons. Give me Jay Gruden running that offense. Oh, yeah. Just, well, let's get sign me, sign me up and... for that. Sign me up for can I Can I trade them now so I can have Julio Jones and Jay Gruden's offense? That would be awesome for my fantasy team. All right, Baltimore Ravens going on the road to play the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Ravens are three-and-a-half-point favorites in this one. The Ravens, obviously, not a good game last week, right? They they haven't looked good, as we told you, right? I would like to give a shout-out to Jamie, who told you that this team— In the preseason. In the preseason, told you, look at the schedule. This is what it's going to look like, um, and it's looked exactly like that. Now they're playing, obviously, a Pittsburgh Steelers team that is not what it used to be, but— as Jamie pointed out in our, I think, Tuesday podcast, there's still one game out of the division, right? Like, this division is not very good right now. Um, and this could be a big victory for them if they could, if they could, you know, obviously take care of business. But, Jake, what do you see happening in this one? Yeah, I think the, you know, the Ravens have lost back-to-back games. I think they bounced back for sure. Uh, I think the run game will get going. I don't think they want to put Lamar Jackson in a position that he's got to run all over the place, although I think he will. Uh, the Steelers think they got it going on defense the other night against a really bad Bengals team. I don't think that's going to be the same thing. They think they're going to get hit in the mouth. Uh, the Ravens defense still has some problems, but the dink and dunk we saw from the Steelers the other night, they're going to have to go farther down the field for the, to have any success against this Ravens defense. I think the Ravens get, Ravens get it done 27-21. This game seems to always come down to three points. I think it's a little bit more than that. I think the Ravens really bounce back. 
Yeah, I, I agree as well. Look, the Steelers team is so banged up offensive right now. So just today, Connor didn't practice. Juju didn't practice. McDonald didn't practice. Yeah. Uh, you know, you, you start to worry. I mean, Juju said he ended up tweaking that toe last week. Connor, I, I mean, if Connor, who knows if he's get through the game at this point. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's He is really, them. really banged up. Uh, you know, the Steelers' defense is talented. It hasn't meshed yet, I think, to the point where I'm going to say they could shut down an above-average NFL offense, which is, again, what I think the Ravens are. Uh, they're not this this most explosive offense. In the, like, if I hear that again on, on CBS this week, I'm going to lose my mind. But, uh, again, Jackson's always a solid play. Mark Ingram's a low-end RB1. Hollywood Brown's a flex play at this point. Yeah. If you're not being, paying attention, like, he's he's still getting the targets, which is good. But he hasn't been getting as open as he was before. Uh, you know, Jalen Samuels is a flex play this week because he's they're going to use him in the passing game. Uh, Deontay Johnson also is in that category. Even if he plays, I have Juju all the way down as wide receiver 21. Like, he's just not as big a part of his offense right now, and he's hurt. And I think yeah. both of those things are playing into each other for sure uh, a bit. But I'm going to take the Ravens in this game. Like, I, I, the Steelers aren't a bad, aren't a terrible team, but the Ravens are a worthy playoff team, and they should go in there and win this game by more than three and a half. Especially like Jake said, they've lost back to back games. You kind of you expect them to get off the shine now, right? Like you expect them to to come in and play a, a tough divisional game. These games are these games are always fun to watch, even in this matchup where you have Mason Rudolph, and it's not traditionally what we've gotten used to with Big Ben. Um, but that offense is banged up. That's what you should be most worried about on top of the fact that Ben Roethlisberger is obviously not playing there. All right, the Chicago Bears and the Oakland Raiders are facing off in London. Uh, the Bears are a five-and-a-half-point favorite. They're technically on the road. They're technically the road team, but obviously, as we know, both teams are on the road. Uh, Jake, what do you see happening in this one? I, now that you've said that, I'm going to go with my lock of the week. I think the weird things happen in London. The last thing I want to do is lock one in, uh, you know, over the pond. But that that Bears defense is ridiculous. I'm already on record saying that the offense is going to be better. Um, I got twenty eight thirteen. I can't imagine the Bears not just handing the Raiders every. I mean, they're not. You're not. Josh Jacobs isn't running on it. They're not throwing it all over the place on that defense. I think the Bears have enough trick plays, but I think they go back to being a little bit more conservative. I love that Montgomery had 21 carries last week against a really good Vikings defense and had a pretty solid day as a pro running back. Yeah, I think they build off of that. I think they play action off of that and had some big plays. I think Allen Robinson uh, is a really good play this week. My lock of the week. I, th- I think they. I think they go handle it. Take care of business. Jamie. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't. I think I might lock this in too. Yeah. I mean, I came this close to doing it. Uh, I think the Bears defense might be able to cover. I I, yeah, I agree. <laughs> in this game, I, I'm not excited for what the Raiders have been putting on. I mean, I know, look, the Raiders' defense has played a little bit better, and their offense has played a little bit better. But I still, I don't buy it yet. I mean, this this Bears defense is going to wreck them, and I believe I think Khalil Mack might have a little motivation. I was going to say, the, I understand? Yeah, the Khalil Mack revenge game. Uh, I'm here for that storyline, right? Like this, he does feel. If you listen to Khalil Mack talk when he got traded, um, and this week in his interviews. He's had this one circled. He's ready. He's ready for this one. He wants to show John Gruden exactly why he should not have made that trade, right? And I think Derek Carr is going to end up uh, really, really having a tough day. And I think Chase Daniel is going to hold his own in this game. I agree. Like, I, I, yep. think, I think he can run this offense well if he focuses in on Allen Robinson. He should have a big game. I love Robinson this week. This this could finally be the David Montgomery game that people have been kind of waiting for, and, and so I, I'm excited to see that. Tyrell Williams on the other side is a game time decision. He's a flex play at this point. I mean, you're praying for a touchdown. He seems to get one yeah. every week in the first or fourth quarter, but he, you're praying for a touchdown with Tyra Williams. 
Jacobs is a low end RB two at this point. Not the play, just not. They're not going to use him the way you want this year. At least it doesn't look like Waller's always a play, even against this Bears defense. Yeah, and if you if you've watched the Bears defense, the one position that tends to at least get open here or there is the tight end position. But if you saw what happened to Dalvin Cook last week. Uh, Josh Jacobs is not Dalvin Cook, so not a, no, not, a, not a great matchup for Josh Jacobs this week. All right, the Jacksonville Jaguars going on the road to play the Carolina Panthers. The Panthers are a three-and-a-half-point favorite at home. Does the Kyle Allen show continue, Jake, this week against the Jacksonville Jaguars? Man, it's tough. I don't want to pick against the Minstash. Uh, here's, my, here's my only question. Kyle Allen is 3-0 as a starter, but he hasn't won at home. He hasn't had a road. He hasn't had a home start yet. It used to be a big deal when when Cam played at home. That was a tough place to play. The Panthers' defense has been sneaky good the last couple weeks with Kyle Allen. Jacksonville is wanting to run the ball. It just doesn't seem like a great matchup for Jacksonville. I'm gonna go with the Panthers twenty four twenty at home. I don't think anybody has a monster day. You got both defenses playing pretty well. I don't think Fournette has anywhere near the week he had last week. Although I think it'll be okay. You can run on Carolina's defense a little bit. Um, you know, two backup quarterbacks. It's I don't I don't think anything is real sexy about this, other than Minstash Mania is uh, is going crazy. I, and I don't want to pick against him, but I'm going to. Other than yeah, they're both backups, but they might end up being they might end up being better they might, yeah, exactly they yeah. might be the guys next year. Yeah, they might end up being better options long term. Jamie, what do you see happening in this? Uh, one? I'm going to take the Jags in the points here. I think this is a close game, but. It, this is going to come down to the quarterbacks for me because right now, and look, I, I still have the mind that Minshew Mania, as awesome as it's going to be, is going to be overblown when we look back in retrospect. Of course. But I have more confidence right now if there's a, I need a quarterback to win me a game and drive me down the field and score a touchdown on a tie game. I still have more faith in Gardner Minshew than do Kyle Allen. I like Kyle Allen. I think he's a solid option. He's going to get you exactly the talent level that your team has. But I think his game against – a an unbelievably terrible Arizona defense warped expectations for how good and what his ceiling could possibly be this season. So I, I think you're going to be able to run on the Panthers a little bit. I'm hoping that we, what we saw from last week is the start of something more for Leonard Fournette. I know Leonard Fournette owners are really, really hoping that's the case. Um, I think it's going to be a very close game overall, but I'm going to go with the Jags here because their offense has been just a little – their passing game, I should say, aside from – I mean, McCaffrey is a monster. But the passing game of Jacksonville has just been a little bit more explosive. I like what Filippo has done there so far with Minshew. I think they could do enough to at least either get it done or get within a field goal at the end of the game. Man, uh, mustache mania will go absolutely – through the roof if they go on the road and and win another football game. All right, the Minnesota Vikings going on the road to play the New York Giants. The Vikings, I I looked at this line and I went, and I want to see if you guys, there are five-point favorites on the road against the New York Giants. That's dropping. Um, So I I, I envision it's dropping for a good reason because I don't know, everybody expects that this offense is just going to figure itself out, right? Like they're going to go on the road and they're just going to get it done. Now, I, the reason I think that they could cover is because the Minnesota Vikings defense could make Daniel Jones' day a really, really bad one. Jake, what do you see happening in this one? Massive overreaction. The Vikings didn't go from one of the best teams in the league to one of the worst because Kirk Cousins had a terrible week. They played a great freaking defense in the division. The Vikings get this done handily. I got 27-17. Daniel Jones is going to have he's gonna have zero running game, so it's all going to be on him. Give me Mike Zimmer against that all day long. That defense is still really solid. Dalvin Cook has a big day. I think they go out and get up early. And I think they play action off of Dalvin Cook. And I, th- I do think Diggs and Thielen have pretty solid days. You could throw it all over this, this Giants defense 
And I think they do enough. But I think they do it off of Dalvin Cook. I think Dalvin Cook should be big in, in the passing game as well. I think they go in there and they get this done handily. Yeah, I'm starting to see a trend that I start to need to I need to bet on teams the week after they play the Bears because it really warps the way people think about their offense and their ability. Look, the Vikings offense has some problems, but you know one problem is not that is Dalvin Cook. And he's going to run for 150 in this game. Probably. The Again, as much as I love James Betcher, he doesn't have enough tools in his toolbox on that defense right now to stop any competent offense. And that's not his fault. It's just this team has been gutted. And it was gutted. I mean, we talked about like some of the offensive changes. They gutted that defense. Yeah. So, And they have pieces there that you like. But still, uh, the Vikings are going to go in. They're going to cover. Cook's going to have a monster game. I think I think Thielen Diggs do enough to be worthy of wide receiver two territory. Uh, on the Giants' side, and that's the thing, too. Like, that defense is going to give Daniel Jones a lot of problems. I like Daniel Jones. He should be the one that's starting there right now. Yeah, I, he's I a like rookie, the though. Future, but he's still a rookie. He came back to earth last week a little bit, and he's going to face a very good defense this week, even at home. Uh, you know, Goldman's a low-end wide receiver or running back to play. Uh, I think Shepard's a flex. We'll see what happens with Golden Tate, but I think the Vikings cover this pretty easily. Like, there's no – but if they go into this game and lose – We'll talk about some other issues, but there's no business losing this football game. Yeah, if they if, no. if they go up and they look terrible again, there's going to be serious question. Like there's going to be talk of that that escalation of that Mike Zimmer conversation is going to start. The quarterback conversation is going to escalate even further, right? I think Jamie put put it. The best thing you can do is bet the week after they play the Bears because everybody thinks that the team sucks after they play. Now I still I'm with Jamie, and I will continue. Kirk Cousins doesn't beat good teams, right? But the New York Giants but are. What's the Giants' record? That's Let's right. This. What's the Giants' record? They're two and two. Uh, it's not a winning record, is it? That's all right. Kirk Cousins can win this game. <laughs> this is the, these are the rules. I didn't make them up. <laughs> these are the rules. He's, this is the best. I'm open with that. What's all this analysis I was giving? Just that that's it, it, the Giants are two and two. They can. Kirk Cousins is legally allowed to win this game. That's our shtick. Legally. Legally allowed. Legally allowed to win this football game. All right. The New England Patriots are going on the road to play the Washington Redskins. Oh, baby, this is a big line. 16-point favorites, the New England Patriots. The New England Patriots put up 16 points in total last week against the Buffalo Bills, but they are not playing the Buffalo Bills defense this week. Uh, I expect Bill Belichick to make Dwayne Haskins uh, a very, very unhappy rookie and the body language to continue to look even worse. Jake, what do you see happening in this one? Could the Patriots have an easier schedule? No. How the hell do you win the Super Bowl? No. And these are the teams that you're playing for the first five no. weeks. It's absolutely absurd. Uh, they get it. Tom Brady bounces back big time. He he does not like being embarrassed. He played bad last week, and they made him look bad. They look bad as a team that had to block a punt for a touchdown to win that game in Buffalo. They bounce back big time. And the, their defense is better than it's been in a long time. We keep talking about that. But they make really solid, competent NFL quarterbacks look awful. And Dwayne Haskins looked Really, really bad, historically bad last week, and he wasn't playing this defense. This is going to be ugly, ugly. I'm going with the Pats. I got them big. Uh, 31-10 is what I wrote down and took, so I got them covering that. Yeah, I have them covering as well. I have zero faith in Dwayne Haskins right now or any other option they're going to put there. Uh, don't start really any Redskins. No, come I think, on. I think Chris Thompson's a flex play, but that's really it. You're not starting any other. Um Look, I don't, I don't know what you do with Sony Michelle at this point. He's a flex play at best. Um, I've been waiting for the Sony Michelle game all year. I just don't know if it's going to happen. They just, they're not using him in that fashion. He will have one at some point. Like he's going to have a 120 yard, two touchdown game at some point. Good luck guessing when that's going to be. Uh, 
But boy, I mean, look, Ben Watson's back this week. I'm not playing him, but kind of want to see how he's used to that offense. Maybe you picked him up. I think Edelman has a big week. He should. It, you should. You'll be healthier this week too. Yeah. Uh, just just because this is so funny, because I've gotten this trade offer two weeks in a row, I have to bring it to you guys so I get the cackle, which is the same, which is exactly what happens when I get this trade offer. Baron Davis, okay, hello, Baron. Two weeks in a row has offered me Chris Thompson straight up for Dalvin Cook. Baron, <laughs> I, I, if I could slap you in the face to to say no to that trade, I would. If we were in person. I, I, he used, he sent me last week a whole note on how bad Delvin Cook was. And I was like, yes, I'm aware. I watched him play against the Bears. I'm still not trading Delvin Cook for Chris Thompson. He still had 16 points. <laughs> it's the worst trade. And he's offered the exact same trade two weeks in a row. Baron, buddy. Well, I'm not, I'm not going to ever say yes to that trade, man. It's not happening. All right. New York Jets going on the road to play the Philadelphia Eagles. The big storyline here is obviously Sam Darnold started to practice a little bit this week, but he is ruled out for this football game. So Luke Falk will start. Uh, they are 14.5-point dogs in Boy, Philadelphia. It is, uh, it's been all over the place because there was speculation that maybe Sam Darnold would play, but he just started practicing. Got to take that recovery very easily. Uh, so 14 and a half points, Jake, what do you think happens here? I think the Eagles cover that. I mean, I, the spleen didn't cooperate or do what it was supposed to do. I think was the quote was yeah. pretty funny. Uh, they're, they're not that good with Darnold, but they're terrible with Luke Falk. The Eagles seem to have righted the ship a little bit. Secondary is still going to be a little weak, but not against the, not against the, uh, the Jets. I think their defense plays well. And look, Carson Wentz has been the number one rated quarterback through four games and he's getting they're getting healthier. Deshaun Jackson's not going to play, but they're still getting healthier. They figured it out. They beat the Packers, beat up on Thursday night. They've gotten fresh, 10 days off. I mean, I think they just roll in this game. I think they look really good. I think they really start to get it going here after the first quarter of the season. They start getting some guys back, and, and they start getting really, really good. See, this is the perfect get-right game for the Eagles. I mean, look, the Jets' offense is, it can't hit you with anything. Luke Falk's not going to be able to move the ball. You know, it, it doesn't matter. You have Le'Veon Bell if you can't move the ball down the field. I mean, you're starting Le'Veon Bell in fantasy because you don't have a choice, but you don't feel great about it. Uh, you know, Wentz is my QB6. I think Sanders and Howard are both flex plays this week. Alshon Jeffrey should be a strong play. You know, Lovertz this week. I mean, it's – look, the Eagles probably shouldn't be 14.5-point favorites over anybody, but this current Jets team just is not going to be able to stop them at all. This, this should be a big game for them. Not only that, Philadelphia obviously went on the road last week and got a big victory uh, against the Green Bay Packers. Then, uh, because it was Thursday night, had some extended rest time, which was big for this football team who has had so many injuries. So, I think this is a prime matchup for this team to keep moving forward. They're looking up at Dallas, right? But Dallas took a loss that nobody expected them to. And now, this division is going to be really interesting to watch with these two teams fighting it out to the end. All right, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going on the road to play the New Orleans Saints. Jamie, the Saints are three-point home favorites in this one. What do you see happening? I'm reluctantly going to pick the Saints. I, I I don't think they're that good right now without Drew Brees, but a better team walked into the Superdome and lost than the Buccaneers last week. And I, as much as I like the Bucs offense, I just – I don't know. There's just something about the Saints team when they're playing in the Superdome. They just seem to have enough to get it done. I'm, I'm staying away from this game betting-wise. Yeah. I'm staying away. But – um, you know, Kamara, should, Kamara and Thomas should have continued to have their big games. Tampa has struggled against the tight end, so maybe. I mean, I, I don't I mean if there's been a defense on the field, Jared Cook hasn't been able to make an impact. But ugh, I'm not going to do that. 
I still like Jameis this week. I think he's startable. QB 11 for me. Um, you know, Chris Godwin is just, I needed like a Chris Godwin, like back plate. With just his face. <laughs> uh, he's, he's a top 10 tight end, uh, top 10 wide receiver this week. Evans wide receiver 11. Uh, you know, Jones and Barber, again, a shrug emoji every week. They have, the, they each have the ability to have a big game. Jones has the ability to have the highest ceiling. Barber probably has a better chance of getting in the end zone, but if you, you need help in your flex spot, uh, I think more, they're going to be more bye week guys going forward of mm-hmm. players you put in your, your flex spot when there are four or six teams on bye. But there actually should be a decent amount of fantasy in this game. I, I reluctantly will take the Saints minus three, but I don't feel great about it. Jake, any insight into that running game, right? So a lot of people want to know Peyton Barber, Ronald Jones going into this one. Um, any any indication? I think we all know we're starting Chris Godwin. We're starting Mike Evans, right? They're both have proven now two weeks in a row and Chris Godwin for the first four weeks of the season. You got to start these guys every week. But there's a lot of question marks about Ronald Jones or Peyton Barber. Who do you feel most comfortable with this week? The Bucks want to win games, and they're trending in that direction of getting better every week, and they don't want to change what they're doing. Peyton Barber's getting the carries in the first half. He's a little bit more solid. He picks up the blitz a little bit better when he's in there in play action. Uh, Ronald Jones is the home run hitter, but he's coming in the second half and getting a lot of carries because they're playing pretty well in the first half, and they've been up. I don't think you're going to see anything different. I think you maybe start seeing some – I said it before the season, and it's really starting to come true. I think David Johnson's rookie year in my dad's offense. He didn't start till week 13, but he had five touchdowns in the first four games. But you're going to start seeing some plays drawn up for Ronald Jones that he could take to the house. And I think you're going to see more and more of that, but I don't think the roles are going to change a whole lot. So from a fantasy perspective, it's still going to drive you crazy for a while because Peyton Barber's a solid pro. He played really good on Thursday night in Carolina, and he's still going to get his carries because they want them both fresh. And Ronald Jones fresh in the second half has been phenomenal for them, and they want to win games ultimately. Yeah. And uh, as Bruce has told me on multiple occasions, he doesn't care about my fantasy team, even even (laughs) as nicely as I've asked him. And he doesn't care. Right. And Peyton Barber uh, and Ronald Jones both serve a purpose on this team. And if one gets hot, they're going to continue to go with the hot hand. And uh, it's it's just tough at this point to to figure out which one that is going to be. They're both going to get touches. So it, with bye weeks and things that have happened, you're probably forced to start these guys maybe in flex positions if you don't have anybody better. But we'll see how this one – I think the Bucks are going to win this game. I'm going to pick it. I think this actually is the CBS Sports line. I told you guys does yeah. that pick of the week every week. Where And I think they've been right all four of the first weeks. They do one simulator – and they picked the Bucks this week. I think it's an interesting pick, so I'll go with it. Uh, Denver Broncos. Tough. I will say about this game, Paige, really tough place to play. Yes. Saints defense has been really, really solid. Uh, but Teddy Bridgewater hasn't turned it over yet. And that offense, he hasn't had more than 200 yards in two weeks. And there's two weeks as a starter. But he hasn't turned it over. If the Bucks defense continues the trend of how they've been playing and they can get to Teddy Bridgewater, which I think they can do, that'll be interesting. If he turns it over – because they're basically kicking field goals and their defense is playing and their special teams are playing enough to win games. I think it'll be very interesting to see what happens here if, if that can happen. Yeah, and they've had, they've had a little luck, right, with special teams touchdowns and some of the things that have happened. I just yep. think that luck ends this week, right? And I think they have a little hangover after that big-time victory against the Dallas Cowboys. All right, Denver Broncos going on the road to play the L.A. Chargers. The Chargers are six-and-a-half-point favorites in this one. Uh, listen, we've talked about the Chargers, injury issues. Uh, Mike Williams, I continue to get questions and angry tweets about, I- I'm sorry, I don't know what to tell you. He's yeah, super I- talented, but I <laughs> I would love this matchup for him if he plays, but uh, I don't. I, You'll know on Sunday morning. Yeah, you're going to know. the only time we ever know. Yeah, so. you're going to know on Sunday morning, and we're going to know both at the same time. Uh, Jake, what do you see happening in this one? 
I think the Chargers get it done. I think they put up some points. This Broncos defense has not been good. Nick Chubb, or not Nick Chubb, Bradley his brother. Uh, Bradley Chubb is now out with an ACL. That definitely doesn't hurt, or definitely doesn't help. Melvin Gordon back. I, I think you, I, I wouldn't, if you're hurting in a flex, I'd probably look at it this week. But I think this is the beginning of when he becomes their, their workhorse again. Uh, I just think they get it done. I got 31-24. Their defense has had some issues too. So I, I think Denver's offense, we were talking about the other day, Flacco having a career year numbers-wise, they've been okay. I think they put up some some points, but I just think the Chargers have too much to get it done. Yeah, I, I agree. I'm going to go with the Chargers here to cover at least by a touchdown here. Uh, you know, our uh, old friend over at uh, at FanRag, Alex Cologe, is, lo- loves the over in this game. Oh, uh, so okay. So he's doing stuff for the score. He loves the over in this game at 44 and a half. And uh, I think same same reasons that Jake just talked about. Like, the Broncos offense has been able to move the ball. LA's defense is not quite the same right now, especially with Derwin James being out of the lineup. Uh it, to me, like the biggest questions I've gotten this week is about Eckler versus Gordon. What do you do if I have both? What's the scenario there? I have Eckler as a mid-level RB2. I have Melvin Gordon as a flex this week. I think Gordon could get some goal line work, maybe gets in the end zone, but they're still going to use Austin Eckler a ton. Don't, don't freak out about Austin Eckler this week. Uh, if, if Mike Williams plays, he's a flex play at best at this point. I don't, I don't know what to expect from him. Uh, you know, he had that big game when he was hurt a couple weeks ago with those two big catches, but. I have, we have barely seen him this year, so I have no idea what to do there. Sanders and Sutton are both flex plays. Lindsay's an RB2. Freeman's a flex play. You know, Rivers QB13, you might need him if yeah. you're in certain, certain leagues, but you kind of know what to expect from these guys. Like, these, these are this is the pretty consistent level. So the only difference is that still start Eckler with confidence. He's not going to be an RB1 this week, but he's definitely going to be an RB2. Get Gordon in your lineup if you have a two-flex league for sure, and you might have them in a, in a one-flex league as well. Especially with Bradley Chubb out as as James or as Jake brought up, the this defense is going to take an even an even bigger step back without one of their you know biggest playmakers in that defense and on the road playing a good offense. Uh, and like I said, to be determined on Mike Williams. We'll talk about it on Sunday morning show uh, on Twitter. All right, the Green Bay. This is a great game. This these two teams always play each other. It, it's always fun to watch. Uh, Green Bay Packers fans hate playing in Dallas and Dallas hates playing in Green Bay. That's how if traditionally, if you've watched the postseason, the Tony Romo games, the catch, no catch with Dez uh, coming in, like if they, these two teams always play each other very well and it's always an entertaining game. So I'm really excited for this one. The Cowboys are three and a half point favorites at home against Green Bay. Jake, what do you see happening in this one? I think the worst thing for Green Bay is Dallas having a terrible loss on the road last week. Uh, coming back home, and the Packers did as well, and they got they had ten days to get a little healthy. But I don't think they're that healthy coming down there. I, I think the Cowboys. I don't think it's a good matchup for Green Bay anyway. But I think the Cowboys win and cover. I got thirty four twenty six. That might be a little high, but I, I think Cowboys bounce back and play really really well. I think Zeke goes off. That the Green Bay defense showed on Thursday night that they were good for three weeks, but their their run defense was horrible. And, and I think even without Tyron Smith. The Cowboys' offensive line is really solid. I think Zeke has a big day. Dak bounces back. I think the Cowboys kind of roll this one. I do, too. I think it's a big big bounce back for the Cowboys. Looks like they're going to have Michael Gallup as well, so it's another another weapon for Dak to, to throw to. You know, on, on the Green Bay side, we still don't know about Devontae Adams. I don't. He's not Even if he's out there, I don't know how much he's going to be used. Yeah, I wouldn't. You've got to kind of sit him at this point. It, it, it's a weird spot for them. I, I just am not – like the Cowboys – Cowboys can get it on defense. I know they, their offense was their issue last week, but I, I'm I don't I believe in the Cowboys defense a lot more than I believe in Green Bay's defense, and I think there's no reason they shouldn't be able to cover this game at home. 
Yeah, as Jake said, the worst thing for Green Bay was that Dallas went on the road last week and took it on the chin. They're coming home with a, a, a reason to prove, right? They know Philadelphia is on their tail. And I assume that Jason Garrett has watched the film of both Dalvin Cook and Jordan Howard just running the ball all over this defense. This run defense is bad. And I assume that Ezekiel Elliott, who I think we all agree is, if not the best, Top two running back in the entire NFL is going to have a bounce back game and a huge one against this terrible defense. All right, the Indianapolis Colts are going on the road to play the Kansas City Chiefs. Big line here, 11 points for the Kansas City Chiefs. Quick note here, T.Y. Hilton practiced for the second day in a row. That's a good sign if you have T.Y. Hilton. Obviously, a good sign for the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, This is Sunday night football. Should be should be a good one. It'll be entertaining, at least from the fact that you're watching Patrick Mahomes. I don't know how close it's going to be. What do you see happening in this one, Jake? I got it on the line. I got 38-27 Chiefs. I think, the, I think the Colts hang in there for a while. The Chiefs' defense is bad. I think Marlon Mack has a solid day. I think T.Y. is definitely going to play. I think I'm, I'm excited because I have him. I'm glad he's back. Um, yeah, I think he has a solid night. I just don't think they have enough. I mean, this Chiefs' offense is playing at a different level. At home, Sunday night football, Mahomes, primetime. I, like, he needs a coming out party. I think he has another one. I think he probably throws for 400. Uh, I just think it's going to be – Fun. I, they the Colts hang in there for a while, like maybe a half, but they, they just pull away. The Chiefs just have too much. Yeah, I'm really glad I played Mahomes last week in 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 fantasy because he didn't. Throw yeah, I'm playing back. him in a league this week, and I'm not. I'm not. Yeah, excited I looked ahead it. and I go, thank God I'm not playing him this week because I think he's going to have a huge game, especially after he didn't throw for a passing touchdown last week. Jamie, what do you see happening here? Uh, I think the Chiefs win, but I'm going to take the Colts to cover yeah. the 11 points. I think this is more like an nice. eight to ten point game. Uh, I. I this is one of the one lines that just feels just disrespectful to the yeah. Colts. I think the Colts are a good enough team. They should not be double – even as good as this offense is in Kansas City, they shouldn't be double-digit point dogs uh, in this game. But I, I like a lot of fantasy relevance here. I think Marlon Mack's a top-10 running back. Hilton's a top-10 wide receiver. I think Ebron and Doyle, tight end 12 and 19, I think they're both – I mean, Ebron more so than Doyle, more playable this week. Naeem Hines could have a sneaky game if you need a really deep threat. I mean, if they're going to be – down in this game in the second half, they're going to need to throw the ball a bunch, and Naeem Hines is going to be in the game for those opportunities. Jacoby Brissett, QB 15. You might be in a scenario where you have to start him this week. Looks like Damian Williams is going to be back and playing, so now we have a little bit better idea of what the Damian Williams, the Sean McCoy split, although McCoy's still a little banged up as well. All that means is that you're not playing Daryl Williams or Darwin Thompson or any of those other guys. You're going back to what you thought you were going to play. Get Damian Williams back in your lineup this week. Sammy Watkins, I don't know. Like, I have him as a high-end wide receiver, too. He's going to have a big week again at some point. Yeah. It's just, it, it's just it, it's, if Mahomes is going to put up the numbers we think he's going to put up this week, somebody has to get him. Hardman slowed down a little bit, but I still think he's a low-end flex play. Maybe this is a big Kelsey week. We've been waiting for a mo- – I mean, he had a really good week one, but waiting for that monster Kelsey week, this might be it. Okay. Uh, a couple of pieces of notes here that have come up while uh, we had, while we've been on the show. Uh, Jarvis Landry has been cleared from concussion protocol and should be at practice today. He's obviously the Browns. We'll talk about that on Monday's podcast, but he plays on Monday Night Football. So quick piece of fantasy football relevance. Deshaun Jackson, abdomen out week five. I think you guys know that, but just officially ruled out. And then because we have to talk about it, Saquon Barkley has been ruled out. But the yeah, dude, we know. He's a freak, okay? Like, it's, I just, I, I, 
I can't imagine, like, it's pretty much been circled that he's going to play next week on Thursday night, which is insane. Uh, I'll still believe that when I see it. I feel like, if you're the, I get it, like, he's ready, but you, you can't let, if you're the Giants, you can't let him play. Right, I just don't get it. Afterward. What, yeah. are you, what are you playing for? Like, I just, to me, it's, I get it, but that's your franchise. You made that decision when you took him over Sam Darnold. That's our franchise. Yeah. So uh, there's no reason to play him in a game. You're going to lose anyway. And Wayne Gallman's good. I, I mean, as, yeah, a ba- I, as a backup, I think the only way that this becomes really interesting with the Saquon stuff is Minnesota and Alder issues, and they go up and they lay an egg, and New York pulls off a victory. Then all of a sudden, it's a different discussion, right? Like, then all of a sudden, New York's like, eh, the division's within reach, and we want to start trying to win. I, I don't know. I mean, I don't think it's going to happen, but if we get there on Monday, it could be a topic of conversation. If he plays Thursday night and re-injures his ankle, they will – Gettleman and – and Shermer would never live it down. Yeah, in it was, and an unwinnable game. And I know, yes. and I know he wants to play. This is coming from Saquon. Like he really, really wants to play, right? But you have to contain these guys and say, "Listen, this is not the, in your best interest, right?" Certain things like that, you have to go. I've been around these guys. I know you have too, Jake. Where you've seen them, they they're hungry. They want to get out there, and you got to say, "Listen, you got to you got to relax a little bit, right? You got to take a step back because this is not good for you to be out there. We know you want to be out there. We know you want to win." Not this week, right? Couple, couple things to note. Um, one, Devontae Adams did not practice for the third straight day. Yeah, he's not going to play. So he's not going to play. Uh, James Conner says he does expect to play. And as much as we would love to skip it, I do think we should touch on Bill's Titans. Okay. Oh, uh, yeah. I forgot. As, Bill's as mu- Titans. As much as we'd like to skip that game, i got to give Jay credit for texting me while we were on the show. Yeah, it wasn't on Bovada. That's why um, I sk- I went right through it. It wasn't yeah. It wasn't on there. All right. Bill's, Bill's Titans. we got to talk about it. Uh, Jamie, I'm going to have you look up the line while I'm discussing. I, I picked so up. Titans minus three. So okay. it's the standard line there. Because I picked up the Titans defense They don't this know week. who's the quarterback at Buffalo, which is why that line's off the board in most places because they don't know if Josh Allen's going to play. Got it. That's why it wasn't on Bovada. I picked up the Titans defense this week, and I sat the LA Rams defense which I was really happy about because they scored a total of three points last night. Uh, so Tennessee's been been a much better defense. Um, we knew that going in this season. We liked their defense. Uh, I think, as, J- as Jake said on a previous podcast, might be the, like the Mike Vrabel fan club too, right? Like we might we might be joining. We're, we have a lot of coaches that we're joining the fan clubs of, and we might be a part of the Vrabel fan club as well. Jake, what do you see happening in this one? You know, I, I originally had it. I thought the Bills could go get it done, but they're not playing Josh Allen. Uh, they're on the road. I don't think that's the case now. This Titans defense has been awesome week to week, depending on who they're playing. They had a big win last week on the road. I, I think they get it done. I don't think it's super high scoring, but I think they could put up 24. Uh, so I'll go 24-16 Titans at home. Uh, I just think they're better. All the way. I think it's really, really close if, if Josh Allen places. They're built very similar. Uh, this Bills defense has been really good, but I, I they they get it done. Yeah, without Josh Allen, I'm gonna take the Titans minus three in this game as well. You're not playing any pass catcher in this game for either team, and yes, that includes AJ Brown. Everybody that's freaking out about the hype train with him. Uh, look, we'll see. Devin Singletary should be back in this game. I think he might be a. a I, I don't know if I'm confidently going to start him in a flex this week, but maybe in a two flex league, he's worth being out there. You're starting Derrick Henry every week. I'm not playing Mariota. I know he put up good numbers last week. I don't care. Like no. I just, I don't. I'm not. I know he's putting up good numbers this year on paper. I just, I don't buy it. I'm watching him. I just, I don't buy it. This is really like the least fantasy relevant game. I could see why it got skipped. Uh, but 
at this point, you can't play. I mean, did you see what the Patriots and Tom Brady did against get that did against that Bills defense? Nada, nothing, right? Like no. this, Mar- Mariota is not anywhere in the same hemisphere or conversation as Tom Brady. Uh, I know that both defenses are going to play good, and Josh Allen isn't going to play, which I believe now that Tennessee gets the victory, but. Man, these two teams, they feel awfully similar, right? Like, they they feel awfully similar. Uh, I give the edge to Josh Allen when he's playing over Mariota, but uh, probably be a close one. Uh, sorry I skipped it, guys. Uh, I guess I even though I picked up Tennessee's defense because I knew I had a good feeling that Josh Allen wasn't going to play, and I thought, yeah, I don't, I don't really like the Rams on Thursday night football up against Russell Wilson. Uh, turned out to be a, a good decision. I will not stand for this Matt Barkley slander. Oh, yeah. I will. Oh, Matt Barkley slander. Uh, any parting thoughts on today's podcast, guys? I got a question for Jamie now that you just said that because I picked up the Titans too, but I already have the Cowboys. Without Devontae Adams, I don't really want to play him against Aaron Rodgers ever, but without Devontae Adams, that's tough. I think I still got to play the Titans defense, right? Yeah, I mean, if, yeah, if they're going to throw Matt Barkley out there, I, I just, yeah. I, I can't, on the road, I just can't see. I mean, my, Matt Barkley's not going to carve anybody up, and he, he, had, he had a pick. He has at times, but he always throws two or three yeah. picks. So I the, think there's a reason right there where you got to go. And the Titans are legitimately a good defense. Like, it's not like you're picking up a terrible defense yeah, and not a good matchup. Well, the Titans can't get after him. Yeah, my guy Kevin Byard's going to yeah, be looking for those interceptions in that one against Matt Barkley. Any other parting thoughts there, Jake? I can't believe it's week five. Yeah. We're a quarter, quarter of the way through this, guys. This is crazy. And we still don't know that much about the NFL. No, I guess. <laughs> I love it. I mean, this may be the the most the NFL is the ultimate parody league, but it feels like this year, especially that it's it's more than ever. We're gonna say this now, and the Patriots are still gonna win the Super Bowl. Yeah, like that's that, that's how this works. I, but they're they're worse than they were last year. I didn't, I didn't like them that much I know, last but year. It doesn't matter. <laughs> but their defense, their defense is elite. Yeah. They they really are. If they if they don't have any injuries. That defense and they have an Alabama first quarter of the year schedule for the whole year. I don't understand. It's terrible that the Patriots continue. Listen, somebody in that division, can you just wake up? Can, can you just one of you become a contender? Just any of the three of you. I- Here, here's a funny. Hey, Paige, here's our, here's our poll for the week. Okay. <laughs> here's, our, here's our poll for the week. If we took the all-star team from the other three teams in the AFC East, can they beat the Patriots? Oh, my God. I guarantee you. Here's our poll for the week. I love that poll. If we took if we took an all star team from the rest oh, of that division, do they beat the Patriots? I'm not sure. I'm not sure they do. I don't. I'm not sure. <laughs> no, because Bill Belichick and Tom Brady still exist, and Jesus, and mostly because that that division kind of sucks, and that division sucks, and the defense. Like, what quarterback is playing Tom Brady in that division? That's my like, point. It's, it's Sam Darnold, and that should scare you. Oh my! Yes. Sam Darnold with mono, I think, is still better yeah. than everybody yeah. else. The spleen did not cooperate. Oh, my God. If I was him, my spleen wouldn't cooperate to get back to that team either. Uh, Jamie, what are your parting thoughts on today's uh, podcast? That, just going back to Thursday Night Football real quickly, um, I know you picked the Seahawks to win, but more importantly, you were wrong and Jake and I were right. The Rams covered plus one and a half. Yes. So yes. that's really ah, the most important piece of that's information. That's the most that important piece of information. Uh, that is not the most important piece. I was right. I picked the Seahawks to win. That's definitely the most important piece of information. Uh, good thing. <laughs> yeah. And also the, for the brand this week was really strong for some players, not for kickers. The, the, the whole, and the entirety of the NFL, uh, is, is really struggling with the kicking situation right now. Uh, Jake, how can everybody follow you on social media? 
Jake B. Arians on Twitter, Jake Arians on Jamie. Instagram. Follow me at Jamie Eisner on Twitter. And you guys can follow me at the underscore sports page with an I on both Twitter and Instagram. You can follow this show at TDN Fantasy underscore on Twitter and at TDN Fantasy on Instagram. And be sure to check out all of the rankings before you set your lineups. If you didn't listen to this podcast or you only listened to part of it, right? Listen to the, go to the draftnetwork.com, check out all the rankings. They'll be up there and tweet it out all day, Sunday morning. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.